Welcome back to the Torchbearers Podcast, where we are carrying the testimonies of Jesus from generation to generation to uncover the depths of God's nature, character, and values. We pray that in each episode, the Holy Spirit inspires greater expectation of God's active presence in our lives. In Christ, we are loved, worthy, and qualified to know the Father and receive the good things He has for us. Let's jump in. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Torchbearers podcast. We are so excited to be with you again today in the booth. Of course, we have some very, very special guests. We have our one and only co-host and producer, Lauren. Hello, everybody. And we have our special guest for the day. His name is Sam. Hi, friends. And we are so excited to have this conversation together and learn more about God together. Yeah, and it is my joy and my honor to get to introduce my friend Sam. Uh, I actually met Sam the very first day of my freshman year in psychology. He sat three seats down from me, never talked to him, but I did meet him that day. And then we had the privilege of going to Guatemala together um, right after our freshman year and uh, have gotten to lead a few Awakens, which is our spring break trip together, and get to lead a section together. And it has always been such a joy and an honor. And one thing I can promise is that you will not ever leave a conversation from Sam without feeling encouraged by what the Lord is doing and without feeling really loved and seen. Um, and a verse that I was praying for Sam this morning that always comes to mind when I think about him, just to hype him up, <laughs> is, um, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, yeah. open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And that is Sam, and that is also James 3. <laughs> um, but that is just what always comes to mind. So it is my joy and my mm. honor to let you get to hear from Sam today. Sam, well, take it away for us. <laughs> no, I'm so I'm so honored by that that I actually embody that verse. It's such a good verse. Just um, yeah, reminds you of uh, what what the wisdom from God is like. Um, but yeah, so encouraged. First of all, just by this podcast and the vision for it, um, I think mm. it's such a good idea. Um, such a good just it really is from the lord you know this vision and and um because there's so much to know about god yeah like mm-hmm. his character is really unsearchable and so to just get to hear from people of what they've heard i think it's a great practice even for people listening to just embody in their everyday life of just find people who are pursuing the lord and ask them what they're learning about who he is um just search the the depths of the riches of his character. Um, It's beautiful. So I love what you guys are doing. Um, Thanks. Well, thanks for joining us. We are so honored that you'd be willing to share just how Jesus has revealed himself to you. We're so honored. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I guess there's a lot of things I could talk about. Yeah. Yeah. You've walked with Jesus for a while. There, there, there can be a lot of, a lot of different things that you learn um, different things, different seasons. But as I was praying about this time, I just really felt like the Lord was reminding me of a season um, a few years ago. I was in school um, at college, and um, it had just been a really sweet season of really intense discipleship with the Lord. And and just I was spending a lot of time 
praying, worshiping, and there were just some really, really profound encounters. Um, but towards the end of that, um, you know, part of encounters that draws us into intimacy. And, um, and so towards the end of that, I'm just really pressing into just getting to know God and getting to know his character and just start to have some long conversations with him. And, and one time I'm sitting in my room, I'm, I'm praying and, um, and I just hear the voice of the Lord kind of cut across my brain, like a thought that seemed foreign. And, uh, and it was, it was Sam, tell me your story. I want to hear your story. And immediately it just, what? (laughs) That was my first reaction is like, what is that? And, and, and thinking of like, you know, I'm familiar with the voice of the Lord. So I'm like, okay, I think that's the Lord, but God, why would you need to hear my story? Like, don't you know you're God? Like you're supposed to know all the things, all, all those things. And, um, and he simply said, yeah, but I want to hear you tell it. And, and I was perplexed by that. Um, but really it just, I think there's something about the Lord and I can talk a little bit more about this later, but there's something about the Lord where he just loves to talk with us just because he loves to talk with us. Yeah. It's not about, I mean, nothing we can tell him is new, you know, like Jesus says, like he knows what we'll ask before we ask him. Yeah. You know, we don't get to share new things with us, but the very act of sharing something with him or asking it's an act of vulnerability. It's an act of relationship. And he just loves it. He's just all over it. Um, and so, so just the fact that he asked taught me something about who he was, yeah. you know, that he's somebody who asks, who wants to hear from us. He wants to talk with us. Um, yeah. And so that began the process over the next few weeks of just in my time with him, I just, start from the beginning, start from like talking about some things in my family of origin and race from childhood that I barely remember and just sharing those things with him, you know, just being like, Oh yeah, I remember this thing that happened, you know, he's just, just talking with God and, um, you know, I'm, I'm talking with him about when I was nine, um, which was when I, uh, made the decision to make, Jesus, the Lord of my life. Um, grown up in a, in a family that, um, my parents talked about Jesus a lot. They followed Jesus. They were a great example. Um, and I don't know exactly what happened when I was nine. Uh, what I vaguely remember is just for one reason or another, I was just convicted by the weight of my sin and just realizing like, I need forgiveness. Like I, I'm just not, I need forgiveness for this. I'm I have sin, yeah. <laughs> life in my body. And, um, and so I had a conversation with my mom and she, she led me through, uh, a, a, a prayer that and it was where I made the decision, you know, yeah. um, made the decision. And I think having a decision point, I guess this is kind of an aside, but having a decision point is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people grow up in the church and they don't have that specific, you know, there's like, oh, I know, always knew about Jesus, which is great. Like, that's not wrong at all. But 
uh, sometimes it's just helpful to be like, have I ever had a decision point? And if not, now, <laughs> like, yeah. right now I'm going yeah. to make this decision. There's, there's power in that. Um, and, but, but, you know, over the next few years, um, my church or my family changed churches and started going to a, a Pentecostal church that was really prioritizing encounter and, and, um, Holy spirit and powerful things like that, um, which was kind of different from how I grew up. Um, but, um, stepping into that, I was just really hungry for more of God. I was really hungry to experience his power in those ways. Um, and I had some really amazing encounters, but, uh, at that same, uh, I remember sharing this with the Lord while I'm talking about my story with him. I'll just, I felt like a, like a fake, like a fraud in a lot of ways. Um, for, for a few reasons. One was because that was about the same season in my life when um, pornography became an addictive habit in my life. Um, I just got exposed to it around that age and it became an issue with me until I graduated high school and the Lord set me free profoundly, which was awesome. Uh, yeah. but, uh, but, and so that was just, you know, you feel like a fake, like a fraud, um, but at the same time, I also um, just was gripped by the, I I would never talk about Jesus or the things that I experienced when I was at school or with other people. Mm -hmm. um, and I just, I felt incredibly guilty about that. Even still, like here I am, I'm in college, so much has happened, I'm pursuing the Lord. Um, still, it's it's great. Lot I've grown a lot, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I'm still sharing this with the Lord. I'm still guilty about the ways that I just I, you know, wasn't the Christian that I thought I needed to be, and and share all these things with him. And um, and he corrected. I'm sharing this with him, and he told me like Sam, I don't see it that way. And I'm like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> You know, he's, yeah. he's like, I'm sharing my story and here's the almighty God who's saying, I disagree with your take on your story. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, which is beautiful. <laughs> but he essentially said, um, you know, Sam, like he, there's a there's a growth trajectory. Like, I don't see the failures. I don't see the things that you're that you said I wasn't enough in that or didn't do that. But I see how each piece builds into the, the exponential growth that I'm creating in your life. Um, and how each step forward are things that I'm growing in you. And he started pointing to, you know, uh, when, you know, when I was in the, the, the Pentecostal setting for, I think we were there for maybe three or four years. Um, there was a lot of, I just had a deep hunger for the Lord and, but when God wouldn't move, I would do a lot of things for like, I would really try to conjure or like force the spirit or, mm -hmm. or an experience or a tangible thing, um, in receiving prayer and praying for others. And, um, and so I'm in college and I'm thinking back about this, I'm sharing this with the Lord and I'm like, God, that's so like, that's wrong. <laughs> you know, like trying to do that. And he was like, he was like, Sam, 
you were hungry for me. I love that. Why are you, why are you, you know, looking down upon, you know, you're trying to conjure something up and that's, that's wrong, which I wouldn't recommend that you do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Frankly, God can do a lot more without your needing to conjure anything up. Um, but just what he saw was my hunger and he yeah. valued and he didn't criticize or condemn me for, for what, um, what I wasn't experiencing or how I was trying to draw near to him. Um, and, uh, that, that hit yeah. <laughs> that wrecked me a little bit. Um, and then just, you know, him, him showing how my storyline has just become a place for me to minister to other people, um, and find healing so that other people could find healing. And which is really just to point them to, you know, the, like we can't do it. We need Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit um, to find freedom, um, to to move forward. And so, anyways, I kind of eventually kept talking, talked about my college years, which is when I really I started to find peers who were um, really following Jesus. And and again, it was another puzzle piece because one thing the Lord had shown to me in that time kind of back to what I was saying about um, feeling like I, I wouldn't, I was a, I was a fraud. Like I wasn't sharing with people. I'd never shared with people at school. Um, he basically was just like, Sam, that, that wasn't because you were living like a duplicitous life um, or like you were really compartmentalized. He was like, you just didn't have the tools to translate the encounters with me into your everyday life. Because wow. I had one around me who was modeling that, knowing my age, you know. Um, and so when I got to school, I started to learn those things. And the Lord basically said, that was just another piece in your growth. You know, like, I don't I don't condemn you for that season that, you know, you were trying to bear fruit yeah. with roots you didn't have yet. And that's okay. Like, your roots are just, they're just still going deeper. And I'm just continuing to grow you on that little exponential curve he showed me. And uh, and so I was just like, wow, there was freedom there. There was so much, like, release. And I was like, I don't need to feel guilty about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's amazing. Um, and so eventually just kind of caught up to real time. And and that that kind of season of sharing my story with him ended. But, gosh, I just – it was just – a season at the end of, of Thanksgiving of just like, wow, God, this is, you are writing a, a beautiful story, um, uh, with my life, you know, like, it, cause really like our lives are just part of the larger story of him. It's really about him, you yeah. know, about the story of our lives. Um, but just to see the places that he had been moving and working in my life and how that pointed to, his story and who he is. Um, and so, so yeah, I mean, that season, that testimony, um, I think the two things that really stand out to me about the character of God is just, first of all, how, how relational he is. Yeah. He's so relationally oriented. It, it like honestly wows me <laughs> when I, when I think about it. Um, he's just so driven by relationship. Um, 
Yeah, that he wants to hear us ask. He wants to hear us share with him. He wants to hear our voice. Mm-hmm. And it's like there's the verse in um, in Exodus uh, 30, 34, I believe. Um, I think it's after the golden calf. And and God tells Moses that, hey, I'm going to. I'm going to destroy these people and I'm going to make a nation out of you if they've done this thing. And, um, and Moses basically disagrees with God, which was a, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which typically is a bad move. Right. Uh, and, uh, and he says, you know, God, I don't think that's, that's a good idea because mm-hmm. all the Egyptians will be like, wow, he just let him out of there to, to destroy them. And, and he's like, you know, you said you'd lead these people out, and I asked that you'd do that. And God basically said, you're right. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Consider the implications yeah. of You're just like, wow, he's relational. Like, he was going to do something, but because Moses asked him, he, 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 he the, the word is literally to, to, repent it's sometimes to translate relent um but it's not like god was was in sin and he needed to repent from something it was just because he changed his heart because his heart was for moses more than it was for his um what he was planning to do like he was more driven by the relationship with moses than he was driven by what he was about to do with israel um and I think we, we see the same thing in like David in the temple. Um, mm-hmm. in, 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 I think first Kings when Solomon's dedicating the temple, he talks about how the Lord said like, Hey, I didn't ask for this. I didn't ask for a temple. I was good with the tabernacle. That was good for me, but I chose David and he had it in his heart to build a temple for me. And so I said, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, Wait, what? Like, how central has the temple been to, like, the story of God and just the story of Israel and the Old Testament and all these things? And it was like, it wasn't even God's idea. His idea, David was his idea. He was driven by relationship with David. Yeah, that's good. Like, I want, I want to build you a house, God. And God was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'll do it. That's a great idea, you know? Um and so he asked me my story. He didn't need to hear it, but he wanted to hear it. He wanted um, to hear me tell it. Yeah. And, and I love that. Um, and then a second, I mean, this one's for free, but the second oh, thing. Thank I, you. Of course. <laughs> um, is, is that God is our perspective. Yeah. He's the perspective. Um, there were things about my story in my life that I believed that, um, that weren't, that didn't align with God's perspective. And if we receive what Jesus said when he was like, I'm the way and the truth and the life, like the way that God sees is reality. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's the most real thing is the way that God sees. Um, and so just receiving, not only his perspective on my life, but, you know, in other stories, receiving his perspective on my identity, my personality, what I'm doing. Um, that's how I step into truth and actually life. Um, 
is with his perspective and it's different from ours. It's, you know, he says his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Yeah. Um, they're better. So, yeah. That's so good. There's so much in there. Lauren, that's what's... like all gold. Like, like, it's just, I'm just like mind blown by like how you share your story with God. And yeah. You're, that's incredible. Yeah, I think I I love I love how God revealed so much about himself but also about what he values to you through his desire for relationship with you. Like when you said uh you felt like uh like a fraud and God was like, "Well, I don't see it like that." And God said like he saw your hunger and he valued the hunger over maybe an impure motive but he saw like what you felt was like so impure of you to like try to conjure up encounter conjure up uh, an expression of the spirit god was god was touched by your the way that you valued those things and so he valued that hunger in you and i just love the idea of him mirroring like you and you can only, he can only do that because you mirrored him. And I just love the mm. idea that it's like, he teaches us what to value. Yes. Yeah. And then we can value it. Yeah. And then he encourages us when we're valuing something that he taught us to value. <laughs> so nice of him. Yes. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's so true. Just there are... God has a value system, yes. you know, yeah. like we have value systems. And it's like, it's one of the reasons why just studying scripture is so absolutely essential yes. is because scripture points to God's value system. Mm-hmm. You know, it says things like desire wisdom above all else. Or we see Jesus in his final prayer being like, make them one as you and I are one, you know, like values like wisdom and unity and sub- and submission, surrender, um, those are things we learn from scripture, yes. so essential. It's also things we learn from testimony. Yes, mm-hmm. and and what I love about like learning about these value structures of God is that He doesn't expect perfection. Yes, us. He doesn't expect us yes. to do it perfectly. And when we're trying to imitate what He values, because we are imitators of Christ, because we're made in yeah. His image, you know, we're image bearers. When we're trying, like He's like. Yes, and he celebrates, and he's not like, well, actually, you kind of got it like 80%, so I'll just give you half credit and, like, do better <laughs> next time. It's like he – I'm just blown away by the idea that he doesn't expect perfection, but that he encourages us in, like, the seeking him and wanting to imitate him. And I think that's – that's it's the relational God that is he cares yeah. less about our behavior and more about the condition of our hearts as mm-hmm. we're learning more about him. It's just beautiful. Amen. Yeah, it is beautiful. So good. Um I also I also want to touch on like you were talking about the relational God. That the idea that he he asked you to tell him your story, even though he didn't need to hear it. He just wanted to. He already knew it. But right. he, he so valued your voice. 
Yeah. He wanted to hear your perspective so that he could give you his own, you know? And if yeah. he had never, I'm just thinking, like, if he had never asked you to share your own perspective and your own story with him. Yeah. It, I mean, I'm, God can do anything. But it would have looked very different for him to give you his own perspective on those pieces of your life. And it's like in him asking you to share your story with him, he was able to provide so much clarity in fitting those puzzle pieces together and showing you that line of exponential growth of like, this is a whole bigger picture than what you can really see because like you were saying, his ways are higher and his thoughts are higher. And I just love that. Like he, he uses the relationship that he values so deeply as an avenue to provide his own perspective because that's better for us to live out of than our own ideas about our circumstances. I like, like too, you touched on this, but you're like, he invited me into vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't just like, I think in the church, like we're like, how are we vulnerable? Like, what is that? Exactly. And it's like, he asked you so many good questions and invited you into it. And it's like, we just never walk alone with God. Like he's always there and he's always guiding us. And I think that's so evident in like what you're sharing. Can you expand? I, I just, this idea is really profound. Can you expand on the idea that what God sees and what God says is reality? Can you expand on that? Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> give it your best shot. Yeah. I can try, yeah. you know, we start talking about these huge, you know, inevitably when we start talking about God, we just get to areas. There's like, my brain just cannot process how big right. this, and I think that's, this is probably one of those concepts where like, <laughs> an edge. wow. But, but just the, you know, I think, there's a there's a lot of talk about you know um, objective truth and whether it exists and different things like that. But if we really take seriously some of the claims of the Bible about who God is as like you know essentially like the source of all creation and everything, um, it's like He is the objective truth. Like He is the core, the foundation, what we build on. And and you know that there's this sense of like if something can be true outside my perspective then there's a there's reality you know reality is essentially just like what is true um and and i'm sure we've all been in experiences where we thought something was true and then it wasn't you know made an assumption and it fell through and we're like oh gosh like you know wrong right but God is never wrong, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Inherent in who He is, in 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 His the nature of Him being someone who knows it all. Um, he the way He sees is actually the most real thing, right? And so, yeah. because it's the most real thing, it's totally true. It's always right there's no better word for it than reality. You know, it is what truly exists. Um, and you know, we're starting to get into like just the big, wow. If I keep, you know, that's one of those things you can just chew on in your mind for, (laughs) for 
totally. decade of life. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, wow, God is really big. But it has these implications of, you know, if God says something about me and I disagree with it, I'm wrong. Yeah. You know, if, if I feel like it's wrong, that means that feeling is misplaced, you know. And, and it brings us into this place of, I can really trust and lean into what God says, yes. you know, and that's always a, you know, that's a process, the 18 inch journey from your head to your heart. Yeah, right. um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a place of, I can trust how he sees and what he sees um, because he's truth. He is the truth and how he sees is, is correct. It's reality. Yeah. That's, I mean, well said. I put you on the spot there, and you did a great job. I think I think something that's so key in, like, trusting what God is saying is true is the idea, like, if we believe that the way that he sees is the most real thing, like what you were saying, mm-hmm. then we have the opportunity to either agree with that or disagree with that. And like what you were saying, if we disagree with God on things like who I am or who he is or what he loves and values and cares about, right, then we're wrong if we disagree with that. But it's like the opportunity that he gives us in relationship, it's like he presents this idea because we have we have one idea and he's presenting another idea. He's like, well, that's like, Lexa, that's not how I see you. I see you as this. And I get the opportunity to say, oh, well, if you see it like that, then I get to agree with that and take that as my own reality. But I think in this life, what feels really difficult is our circumstances lie to us, our own behavior, like our past, I think can lie to us of like, if I did this, then this is what I do. But the beautiful thing about the way that God sees us is that he doesn't identify us based on our behavior it's based on how he sees us and how he originally designed us you know i just i think that's i think that's so important when we're living in this life and we're experiencing either mountaintop seasons or maybe trials or suffering but it's like we get to choose regardless of our circumstances or what we might be feeling or experiencing we get to choose to agree with what God is saying because yes. he is He is truth and he is faithful and true. You know, that's the name of yeah. Jesus. When he comes back in Revelation, he will be known as faithful and true. And, yeah, yeah I, I love, love that. Yeah. Those sad things will become undone as... Yeah. As the quote says, I forget who said it, but, um, you know, it's, it's like, there's a way, uh, and I'm not a philosopher and I can't, you know, tease this out, but there's a way, you know, like some people approach like God is, you know, this true being, then things like sin are actually like not reality, they're anti-reality, you know, they're like this unexistence you know um and i can't like understand that. <laughs> that's getting crazy yeah it is but, it's true but, like I... like god sees the end of the story like he yeah. sees where it where he sees how the story ends and he knows 
you know, and, and he's so incredibly patient in that journey and just watching it as we're, you know, being conformed to his image from glory to glory and, and, um, and different places along the way. And, you know, he's, he's watching us become more and more real, become more and more our true selves as some, as, uh, like, Ken Shigematsu, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. He's a pastor in Vancouver, but I'm reading through a book of his about becoming our true selves. And, uh, cool. and there's a process of sanctification that's truly becoming more of who God sees in us. Yes. You know, like that's a way of thinking about sanctification is it's just becoming more of who God thinks about me. Like it's becoming more of what God already thinks about me, becoming more real in a way. It's I love that, like an unveiling of yeah. my true identity that God has already spoken. He already said it like, before I was in the womb, you know, like in Jeremiah, he says, before you were in the womb, I knew you right. before that. <laughs> so it's right. like this, these ideas about us that he already had, the sanctification process is like the unveiling more and more of what he said at the very beginning of time. That's beautiful. Right. Yeah. And it's just like the whole thing of like we live in the tension between the the right now and the not yet yeah. mm-hmm. you know it's like the promises of god they're for now and, and i'm all about like let's press in and let's believe that we can experience it yeah. Yeah. but we also live in the tension of you know not yet like sometimes god speaks things and um you know the the nature of a prophetic word is that he speaks it before it comes into existence yeah. You know, like before we see it, um, he's spoken it and it's true and it's reliable. And it Um, builds faith in us when we hear it. Like when we hear that word of God, it builds faith for us to be able to expect that truth to come to fruition. And that faith is important. It's so critical Mm -hmm. in the process of bringing heaven to earth, you know, and and in the fulfillment of the of the word. So good. Um. Yeah, I want to ask, I want to ask you, Sam, now, because God has revealed himself to you as the relational God and as God, our perspective, like he's revealed these things to you in a season and over time still, I'm sure. But I want to ask what has transformed within you because of the way that you experienced him like Mm -hmm. that? Or what has what has changed in your life as you now walk in relationship with him uh, a few years down the line? What has changed because you know this to be true about God? Yeah. Um, I feel like everything is a cliche answer, but <laughs> like the I most mean, take tr- us there. <laughs> it's like the most true answer in a sense. Um I feel like when you when you come to know God as a relational person, mm-hmm. it encourages you to relate to him. Yeah. For him to become a friend, for him to become a lover, I think in ways it's you know like and and our transformation happens through relationship. Mm-hmm. In relationship with him and often it happens in relationship to other people you know who know him um and so there's just you know like gosh if there's so much of how i pray to him 
and how I just interact with him um, that's changed from that that insight, that revelation of just like, wow, you know, I can talk with God like he's my friend. I can ask him questions. I can, you know, um, I can ask him about why he, why he feels that way or, or what that looks like. And that brings just so much more closeness and intimacy. And it, it makes me want to, be like him. It makes me want to um, be close to him. It makes me enjoy him, um, and and I think in a lot of ways, it's what the Bible points to. That's I think why we were created is so that he could enjoy us, so that we could enjoy him. Yeah. Um, for the God is our perspective. I mean, honestly, that is something that God is. Just teaching me even right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last week, um, I was just fasting and praying about just some clarity, and and he, and he, that was like pretty much the only word he gave to me. It's just like Isaiah fifty-five: "My ways are higher than your thoughts, your thoughts." And I was just like, "Okay, wow, I need to surrender how I'm seeing, how I'm viewing this," you know, and. Um, and I need to just open myself up to his perspective. Um, and so I, I think, yeah, there, it just that for decision making, you need that. You need that, that thought of his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. And uh, actually at the end of that Isaiah 55 passage, it talks about you will be led in peace. Mm-hmm. You'll be filled with joy. I'm probably misquoting it a little bit or confusing the pieces. The mountains will break out in shouting before you yeah. and the, the fields in applause and something like that. It's just like there's a there's a peace to knowing like, okay, he's in control mm-hmm. and I can trust him to guide. I can trust his thoughts. Um, and his thoughts are always so encouraging, edifying, powerful, you know, yeah. like. You know, when I'm going to say, like, when I say everything, it's like, wow, there's no way I could transform myself without his thoughts, without his, without his spirit, you know, and there's no way I'd have access to his perspective unless I had a relationship to him, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> it's as simple, it's as simple as that. Um, it's, it's the, it's the key to transforming. And so in my life, I think it's made me more peaceful probably more loving and compassionate towards people um it's just it's helped me invite people in to him and so it's given me profound quality of life in just in terms of like i get to enjoy him yeah what's better <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's a real that, question what's better than enjoying yes, life with god so amazing and, like, and he enjoys you just as much like that's it, the wild part it's like you enjoy him I, and he enjoys you that's dan bauman style <laughs> yes and so it's just like the you know when 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 you're in that place of just like deep inner enjoyment with god yeah. like, what else matters and and it's also I say that in a way of like, when you're walking through trial, you always have the, there's always this like, but I know I still have that. 
like he, like the enemy or whatever circumstances can take everything from you, but not that. Right. Right. Like your relationship, your deep enjoyment of God, that will, that can, that can remain, you know, and that, I mean, talk about peace, rootedness and times yeah. of trouble. Joy that brings profound joy. Um, it comes from that place of I'm. I have a relationship, and that can never be taken away from me. And there's such confidence and security in that yeah. deep rooted peace and joy. Mm-hmm. I I am. Um, I went to Isaiah 55. This is the NIV version for everyone listening. It says, You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. <laughs> I just think it's like, honestly, that that imagery of you mm-hmm. walking forth in joy and peace and like nature's exploding with exuberance and also worshiping Almighty God alongside you but it's like you can go forth like what you were saying through any circumstance because you know you have that rootedness that peace and joy that's those are things that cannot be stolen from you and they're more than a feeling it's like the it's that i don't have another word for it than than like deep confidence and security that you won't be shaken even Mm -hmm. when the earth is shaking you know like the mountains and hills bursting into song, like that would probably cause a bit of shaking. But you still yeah. can walk forth, you know, and yeah. that shaking can be good or bad. I don't know, you know, but I love that imagery. So good. So good, Sam. Yeah. Um, We are just about out of time, but as we close, mm. would you, would you be willing to pray for our listeners and just impart what God has revealed to you and, uh, pray what you needed to be prayed for when you were in that season. Of course, I would love to. Thank you. Jesus, so, so grateful for the one listening here. God, I know that you, um, you're jealous for them. You're jealous for their heart. Um, and you want to know them um, intimately and be known by them. Um, in the same way that you want to know me. Um, and I'm so grateful for that. So, Lord, I just ask you to draw near to them. Um, I ask for unique questions, God, that would cross their minds. The voice of the Lord would be clear to them, um, that you would just press into relationship with the one listening, God. That you would just press, press in with love and delight in them. God, would you give them a revelation of your love and delight in them and how much you just want relationship with them. And Lord, just in that space, God, would you provide your perspective and and would you show them the different places in their lives and their stories where maybe they feel like they weren't enough or they messed up or there was a failure. Um, God, would you just reveal your perspective on that and where in your perspective on their identity and their future? Now, would that just rest in their hearts? Would that be a, a heart truth more than just a mind truth, God, that this would be a season where those things would become deeply ingrained in who they are and how they interact with people? Um, 
Would you just further increase the intimacy that they have with you? Amen. Amen. Sam, thank you so much. We were so honored to have hosted you on the Torchbearers podcast today. Thank you for sharing your testimony of Jesus. I'm definitely inspired and feeling um, just really hopeful for the things of God and hopeful that he wants to know me and he wants to know all of us a little bit more. So for our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you are encouraged that as children of God, you are loved, worthy, and qualified to know the Father and receive the extravagant blessings he has in store for you. Come back next week to learn more about the nature, character, and values of God.